We are continuing our series, uh, Church in the Wild. Uh, we're going to look at Acts 8, 26 through 40 um, this morning. And what I wanted to do, um, I wanted to kind of read through that um, just, just first off, just so we know what we're talking about, we know where we're going. Look, we just throw in cell phones. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Y'all stayed out too late watching fireworks in Duncan last night. That's what it was. I'm just kidding. All right, so Acts 8, starting in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise up and go towards the south <clears throat> to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This, is, this is, a de- is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shear is silent, he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. <clears throat> Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I asked, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And they were going along the road. They came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, Here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. So, I know, I lost y'all kind of right there at the end when the Holy Spirit took Philip away and, like, star-tracked him to another city. So, I know y'all didn't hear nothing else after that. But I kind of want to just look at, we're going to break this passage down. We're going to start in um, Acts 8, 5 through 8. Booyah, there it is. I'm telling you, it's so nice. We don't have this on Wednesdays. Man, I'm so spoiled up here. So, uh, we're going to break this down. So we, we see Philip. We're going back a little bit. We see Philip, and he's doing a, a great work in Samaria. God's, God's at work. Um, it says he went to Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So there, there was a great work going on in Samaria. And Philip was, he was at the, the center of it. He was, he was a catalyst. He, he was doing what God had, had called him to do. And there was great joy in the city. Well, then we get to verse 26, and we see that God's called him out of Samaria. And we go, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, why, why would God call us away from the many, where we're seeing these people come, come to Christ, and we're seeing great joy in the city, and he, he calls them away to the one. It's counterintuitive, you would think. But I, I think it reveals the heart of God in the fact that 
it's not, it's not always about the multitude. It, it, sometimes it's about you. It's about the one. Because at, at some point in time, you were somebody's one. You were somebody's one. And God sent a Philip after you. Right where you were. So, he, he's part of this great move. He's seeing there's just growth and there's just progress was, was super evident. Um, and you go, well, God, I, I, I'm just having like this amazing season over here in Samaria. And now you're calling me to go like into the desert. Mm. God, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. Like, uh, that, it's not making sense that I see you working here. I don't understand what you're calling me to over here. And, and oftentimes we go, well, I have these excuses. And I go, well, you know, no, Lord, not, not me. I'm, I'm doing, a, I'm a part of a great work in Samaria. I, I'm, a part of a, I'm a part of a great work in Greer. And you just call somebody else. Call somebody else. It, it don't have to be me. I, I like what I'm doing over here. I, I'm kind of comfortable, you know, being at the center of this. And we go, well, no, Lord, not, not now. Well, well, can you wait? Can, can you wait till we get finished here, and, and then, I'll, then I'll go to the one over there? Th- then I'll go check on them. Or how about no, no, Lord, not there? I'll go anywhere but there. I, I'll, go to, I'll go to Spartanburg. I'll go to Greenville. I'll go to Charlotte. I'll go to Columbia. Maybe not Columbia. Um, there's too many Satanists down there. <coughs> um, I don't have any orange on, so I don't know what I'm talking about. That. Um, I'll go anywhere. But Lord, don't send me to Woodruff. Don't send me there. Those people don't have teeth. It's ridiculous. I can say that. I'm from there, and I have all of them. So for now, for now. So we go, not me. Not now, not there. So I can be in the middle of a move of God and still look and go, God, mm-mm. I, I know your call, and I, I, see your, I see evidence of you working here, and I, I'm, I'm enjoying the limelight more than I want to reach the one. <clears throat> and I, I, I think this part of this passage preaches people that take this stage because <clears throat> I can go God I, I, I'm baptized we're baptizing people every week and you're, you're doing a great thing here and you're like nah <clears throat> I've, I've called you somewhere else I've called you somewhere else Why? well I'm enjoying the stage I'm enjoying the stage so I'm not going to that one I'm not going to that one that you called me to because I, I, I like what you're doing here not understanding that the same God that's working here is the same God that's working over there. But we see, we see the heart of God in this. We, we're going to look at Luke 15. There it is. <clears throat> Luke 15. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Will he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. So why does it preach good there, but it doesn't preach good in your life? Why is it okay that we're just going to, we'll chase the 99 and forget the one? 
well, I, I see we have these, these nice posters on the, on the wall where we, where we chase the least, the lost, and the lonely. Well, church, let me tell you this. Most times the least and lost and lonely are not always in here. They're next door to you. They're in your schools. They're, they're at your job. They're those people across the track that you don't want to be seen with. They're people that don't look like you, that don't sound like you, that don't have the same socioeconomic um, status as you. But you know that God's called you to them. And then we go back to our excuses. Well, not me, not now, not there. Well, can't you send somebody else that looks like them? Can't you send somebody else that, that, that would uh, better relate to them? And God's really just hit me this week like... Man, no, he, he called you, he called me to go. I think this passage is, is the core of evangelism. Like, mass evangelism is great. We're not going to discredit mass evangelism where people come to Christ. But at some point, we have to be able to disciple the one. We have to be able to reach the one. Because one by one is how you build kingdoms. One by one. When you invite one, they show up. That's how it's built. That's the, that's the heart of God. And it, it's difficult, like I said, when we're in this great season of, of great success. And, you know, we're like, oh, Philip's at the middle of this. And uh, we, I, I just don't know why God will call us to something else or, or somewhere else or, or someone else. Because we see the one is less than the multitude. And... We go to these objections. Because certainly, certainly God's not calling us to less people. Certainly he's not doing that. So then we have these excuses. And what we see is that Philip was led by the Spirit to this one-on-one -on -one conversation with the eunuch. He, he has this one-on-one -on -one conversation. And, and God tells him, like, hey, you're going to the one. And it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And for some of us, that makes us nervous. That scares the crap out of us. I'll get fussed out for that one later. It scares us. Because we, for me personally, I, we just like to sit in the crowd and just be a part of it. But when they say, well, hey, I need you to go talk to that one person, we go, uh. And I have these insecurities pop up where I go, well, I, what if I don't know all the answers? What, what, if, I don't, what if I don't know what they need? Well, I serve a good God that does know what they need. I, I serve a God that builds bridges, not barriers. That, that fills the gap, that fills the divide. I, I don't have to know everything. Because if I know everything, I don't need God. Because if, if I'm self-sufficient enough in myself, in my life, I, I don't have a need for God to do anything through me. And it's a difficult place to be. But isn't there something just beautiful about living a life that's completely surrendered to God's guidance? And like I said, for, for some of us, that scares the mess out of us. Because God wants your household. He wants your job. He wants your kids. I heard that. He wants everything around you. He wants your finances. I got awful quiet on that one. 
They can have the kids, but they can't have the Benjamins. <laughs> they ain't rotten kids. If he'd take them, I'd have more Benjamins. I know, I know. Who you telling? So, but we're scared. It scares us to death to live a, a committed life to him where, where we just bow down and surrender to, to his call, no matter if it's to the multitude or to the one. And no matter what it is, let's go to Acts 8, 27 through 28. So we started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority. <clears throat> Under It says Candic here. It says in my translation, Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. Um, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. So we see, um, and, and I read, I'm a, I'm a literal reader of scripture. I think if it's meant a different way, God's going to say it a different way. I see here that he, he left immediately. He didn't, he didn't go, God, well, nah, mm-mm. Ain't gonna happen today. Well, let's let's wait till you know next month. Let's wait till my finances are better. Let's wait till I get a different job. Let, let, let's let's wait. No, Philip said, "Okay, I, I'm going. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go now." And he, he meets the eunuch on this desert road. And you go, "Well, God, you you got me in a flourishing city. And you called me to the desert." Hmm. Well, some God sometimes God has to put you in the desert to reach people. And yet we, when we get in the desert place, we go, well, God, why would you bring me here? It's hot. I'm tired. I'm sweating. There ain't no water. And he's like, I am the water. I am the living water. I provide for you in the desert. You, you got too comfortable over here, and I had to put you here to reach that one so you would rely on me. I, ha- I had to do this to develop you, to grow you, not to harm you. But to, to grow you spiritually, I, I had to put you in the desert place. We, we see here that um, all these characteristics of the Ethiopian. He's obviously Ethiopian. He's a eunuch. He's in charge of the treasury in Ethiopia. And basically, the eunuch went to church. The eunuch went to church. He'd gone to Jerusalem to worship. So eunuch went to church. He had an experience. But from what we see in Scripture, the, the transformation didn't happen in the building. It happened on the journey. That, that's, that's where God met him because he sent Philip to meet him there. And through Philip's obedience, that, that's where the transformation happened. Because if, if your faith doesn't make it outside of this building, then you don't have faith. You've got religion. Because, because it's easy to dress up and wear red shoes and, and white pants and match and do your hair and, and all that. And it, it's good to look good on Sunday. But when you're in the desert place on Monday, what's it look like? What's it look like? Because I... I in, in myself, I'm like, man, I, I would love to be Philip. I, just God, just call me wherever you want me to go, and I, I'll just go, and I'll just do. But I, as I was reading my message last night, and I was, I was looking over it, and I go, well, God, maybe, 
maybe I'm not Philip. Maybe I'm more like the eunuch, where I go to church, I have an experience, and then I, you know, then I come back next Sunday and I and I have another experience. But during the week, there, there's no there's no evidence, there's no faith being being put on display in my life. And God, you're you're sending all these Phillips after me, and I'm going, nope, nope, nope. I I just want to get back home. I, I want to get back to where I'm comfortable. And sometimes God takes you out of the comfortable to make you uncomfortable, to stretch you, to grow you. Because ultimately God cares about the one. You don't have a number before God. You, you have a name. You have a heart. You're, you're a person before God. He knew you before you were born. He knew you before your mama was born. He knows the hairs on your head. And you think you're just a number before a good God. That's religion. Religion tells you you're just one of many. But God says, no, you're you're a son. You're you're a daughter. I, I see you right where you are. You don't, you don't have to work for it because, because I've already sent my son to, to die on that cross for, for your sin and your shame. The, the, the price has been paid. The, it, it's already there. It, it's, it's free. It's a gift. And we go, ah, not, not for me. Not for me. I, I'm, just, I'm just a number. It's like we go to the DMV and we're just, we're just taking them numbers and we're just sitting there waiting. I'm just a number. May, maybe God will have something for me later. Maybe, maybe he'll, he'll call me up later. And that's the issue we get in when we go, well, you know, we think that God's just counting. That he, he doesn't know your name. But he does. If you don't hear anything else this morning, God sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. Period. That, that, that's the essence of the gospel. Why else would you send your son to die for somebody that you don't love and that you don't desire to have a relationship with? That's the gospel in a nutshell. Let's go to Acts 8, 29 through 31. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, we're going to hold there. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, do you, you know how in tune you got to be to like hear the Holy Spirit? Like it's not like the Mexican food talking to you or, or nothing like that. Like, like my man, Philip, he's hearing from the Holy Spirit, you know, and he has this boldness, Philip's boldness. He, he goes to this um, chariot. Let's see. He goes over and walks alongside uh, the chariot. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how, how can I <clears throat> unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. So Philip, he had this boldness about him to go to the chariot. Philip understood that this man needed Jesus just as much as anybody else. He, he saw the need. He, he saw what God had called him to. He, he had heard from the Spirit. And, and Philip, he's, he's chasing the eunuch right at the place of the unknown, right at the place of uncertainty in the eunuch's life. And, and, and I don't know 
and I may, this may be like first opinions two, three from Joseph Landers, but like, <laughs> my man's running beside this chariot. I ain't, I'm out of breath. I'm out of breath. I can't do it. I, I didn't do I didn't do P90X. I, I I stopped all that. Like I didn't do yoga this morning. And God, you calling me? Like I see who you called me to, and they're going that way, and you want me to run to them? And God goes, Well, yeah, I, I, I ran to you. I'm like, well, but I, I just didn't exercise. I I don't know. And God goes, Well, that's why you don't have a spiritual appetite because you don't you didn't spiritually exercise. And I went, okay, God, I got you. I still ain't running next to that chariot. You're going to have to bring me a donkey or something. Like, because, like, I know you can make them talk and you, you bring them on because I, I need something to ride. So we, we see this. And we, we see him running next to the chariot. And Philip, is, he's chasing the eunuch right at the place of uncertainty. The eunuch is, he, he's gone to Jerusalem to, to worship. He, he's left um, Ethiopia. He's left um, his people behind to, to go and worship, to, to have an experience that, that he can take back to his people and tell them about what God's doing. But in that journey home, he, he's in this place of unknown. This, he, he's got one piece. He's got, he's got the book of Isaiah. He's got this one piece. You ever, you ever try to do a puzzle with one piece missing? And it just makes you mad. Because I, I know I be getting mad. I know. I'm telling too much. Me and Ryder will be in the floor, and it's like a 45-piece puzzle. And you're like, how can you lose one piece out of 45? And it'll be like the dead corner or something. And, you know, you always try to put the border together first. That's a, that's a puzzle hack, I'm just telling you. So, and we're trying to put it together. And you're like, you got that one corner piece that's missing? And you go, well, I can put the rest of it together, but... It's going to look like trash because the whole thing's not there. And then Ryder stands up and it's under his, his butt or something. And you're like, Ugh! So he, he had one piece of the puzzle. He, he's, reading the, he's reading this book of Isaiah. But he's still uncertain because he, he didn't have the rest of it. He didn't have the rest of it. And I think in his uncertainty, we, we see this. We see that most of us want to be teachers. So much that we often forget how to be students. Because uncertainty is a, is a catalyst for faith. Because if you have it all figured out, you don't need faith. You don't need God. If you got all your ducks in a row, you don't need him. You don't think you need him. I still think you need him. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I know people go crazy on social media for that one. You still need him. Because the world outside loves to dictate its message to each one of you. Because we lack the boldness to spread the gospel. You cut the TV on. The world will tell you what your marriage should look like. The world will tell you how to spend your time. The world will tell you how to spend your money. The world will tell you what to do with your job. I don't ever see it on there where, you know, the world's telling me, like, hey, you should go chase Jesus and listen to him. I, I, I don't ever see that. 
I see a lot of commercials about lust and greed. And I, I fill my head space with that. And inevitably that fills my heart space with that. And I go, well, man, why didn't I, why didn't I read my Bible today? Why didn't, I, why didn't I chase the one today? Why didn't I go to the desert place? Why didn't I go to my neighbor? Why didn't I go to those across the track? Why didn't I go to the marginalized? Why, why didn't I stand up for justice for those that do not have justice? Why, why didn't I do that? Because I, I, I took a stand when I should have sat down, and I, and I sat down when I should have stood up. I've, I've listened to what the world has for me. And I put that on display in my life, and I go, well, God, I, just, I don't understand what you're doing here. And God goes, well, I see what the world's doing to you. I see what the world's doing to your family. And you bought into it. You, you bought into the lies. Because we lack the boldness to share the gospel. Well, what if they don't understand it? Well... Guess what? That ain't on you. That's the biggest thing I hear. Well, what if they don't understand the gospel? What if that ain't on you? We serve a great God who can make your speech clear and concise, even when you don't think it's going to be, because I'm, I'm not the most eloquent speaker. You'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. But I know that God has a plan and he has a call, and that we're called to reach people. To build his kingdom, not my kingdom. And I know that he's going to fill the spaces where I, where I stutter, where I stammer, where, where I don't know the answers. Because I, I know I have the Holy Spirit within me to preach the gospel to, to my friends that don't know Jesus. To my family that doesn't know Jesus. To my, to my neighborhood that doesn't know Jesus. The message of boldness is that Jesus loves you. He died on a cross to, to pay the penalty for your sins, to, to bring you into right standing with God. And Philip, he, he, he knew the Spirit was leading him from experience. It doesn't say Philip, the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip and he spazzed out and lost his mind. It doesn't say that. So me reading it goes, well, well Philip's heard from the Holy Spirit before. So he, he's leading him from experience. It's, it's not his first go-round. It, it was more than likely this, this inner push to go. And for myself, I, I, I don't always get that right. I don't always get this right. I, I often listen to half of what he's leading me to do or, or often add on to, to what I heard or, or I hear something for later and I want to jump on it now. I, I, I love to edit what the what the Holy Spirit's told me for my needs. Which is dangerous. Because God says, well, I have something for you a year from now, and you go, in your impatience, you go, well, I want it now. I want it now. And, and God goes, well, no, the, the eunuch's not ready yet. He's, he's not ready. He, he's still over there having experience. He, he's not ready yet. I'm not calling you to go yet. The hardest thing to hear from God is wait. It's wait. Because it's counterintuitive to, to everything culture tries to tell you. Culture wants you to go now, today. You, you can do it right now. 
you, you, can, you can go. You can just do whatever. Just define your own happiness. Just, just do whatever. Don't, don't worry about later. Worry about right now in this moment. And that's oftentimes when, when I personally end up in ruin when I, is when I just I go head first and I go, ah, I'll figure it out later. I'm charging like a, like a bull in a china shop and then I make a mess and go, God, what did you do? God's like, hey, homeboy, you did that. Like, hey, I told you to wait. China shop wasn't ready yet. I told you to hold up. Or we hear something and we go to God's people that, that need it. And he goes, no, no. You needed that. You needed to be convicted of that sin. Because for me, it, it's easy to go, well, I see that in your life and that's wrong and God's called you to, to more than that. And then I'm convicted because God goes, no, no, no. That, that wasn't for them. That was for you. That, that was for your heart. That, that was for that sin that you're hiding that you don't want people to know about. Philip, he ran to the chariot and he, he heard the unit reading Isaiah 53 that, that points directly to Jesus. So, I know, God made this one a little easy for Philip. And you're like, man, I wish I just ran up to people and they were already reading some of the Bible. That'd be great. You know, he, he made it easy. He, he's already, the eunuch's already reading Isaiah 53. It's already pointing to Jesus. You know, he's like, what, the building's already halfway up and he's just got to put the roof on it. He's like, oh, this is going to be it right here. So he's reading Isaiah 53. It, it points directly to Jesus. And what I've learned is if you want to bring people to Jesus, you got to simply pray for open doors. So when's the last time you, you earnestly sat down? When's the last time I earnestly sat down and said, God, give me a door to reach the one. God, give me a door to reach that neighbor that gets on my nerves, that lets his dog pee on my grass. <laughs> That's funny because y'all got them. Or it's funny because you are them. I don't know. We can talk about it after. I don't know. Give, give me an open door to, to reach that, that student that's been through trauma, that's been abused, that, that's hard to love, <clears throat> that falls asleep on a Wednesday night. Give, give me an open door to, to reach him or her that come in here and just click their pen the whole message. Give me an open door to reach them. God, I just, I don't see these open doors. And God goes, well, you didn't pray for it. You didn't pray for it. You didn't, you didn't ask for it. And God goes, well, you, you know, I hate to tell you, Joe, you're not, you weren't ready. You got to wait. Just wait. Just hold up. So if you want to reach people, pray for open doors. Verse 31 can we put verse 31 back up there? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? Because Philip said, do, do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand? And for most of us, if we said, hey, look, do you understand what you're reading? We're going to receive that as, oh, you're trying to call me out. You think I'm dumb? You think I'm dumb? Because that's how I would be. I'd be like, I know I went to Woodruff, but I can read. Like, at least on a third grade level, like, come on now. 
So if there's pictures, we're good. So <clears throat> the man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. What this is telling us, I don't think you should ever feel bad needing to be taught the Bible. You, there, there's a special call for preachers and teachers in the body of Christ. So don't, don't ever feel bad for, for not knowing something. Like, it's okay to ask. I ask stuff all the time. I'm like, Russ, what does this mean? I can't even say this word. Nonetheless, spell this word. What, what is this? And so I have to lean on somebody that has more knowledge than what, than what I have. And when I don't, I let my pride step in and I go, well, I'll figure it out. And then you can get up here and act crazy and like you don't know what you're talking about. So I have to lean on other people. The, the eunuch, he had the book, he had the heart, but he still needed the relationship. Church, you, you need people around you. I, I don't want us to get where nobody can tell us anything. Because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Let's go to Acts 8, 32-35. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. This is where we're talking about Isaiah 53. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a, as a lamb is silent before the shears, he, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, <clears throat> was the prophet talking by himself? Or someone else. So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. So we see Philip starting right where the eunuch is. It, isn't that what Christ did for you? He started right, right where you are. He didn't say, well, church, get it together. Figure it all out. And then come in here. And th then come into relationship. No, no, no. He said, I see you in the mess. I see you in the struggle. I see you in the desert. I see you in the hole that you dug that, that you said, I, I, hey, I'm not going back there. I see you going back to that. I, I see you right there. So Philip saw him and met him right where he was. And it just so happens to be Isaiah 53. He, he sees him. But he he leads him where? To Jesus. So the eunuch has this, this question about who the, who the suffering servant is. Is it, is it Isaiah? Who, who is he talking about? Is it, is it another king that's going to come up? Who, who is this? Was it the nation of Israel? Was it the Messiah? Like I said, Philip started right where he was, and he, he pointed him right to Jesus. The, the whole Bible points to Jesus. The, the whole Bible points to Jesus. Because the, the essence of the gospel is, is telling people who Jesus is and what he did for us. Philip preached Jesus to the Samaritans. Philip preached Jesus to the Ethiopian. And I know this is going to be like revolutionary in your spiritual life. Did you know that Jesus preaches anywhere to everyone 
You don't have to edit it. You don't have to censor it. You don't have to change it. You don't have to make it look better. You don't have to dress it up. Jesus preaches the same to everyone. But when we start dressing it up and fixing it up and, and adding some extra little, you know, we, we hit the salt thing, the little salt bay on it, and we're like. And God said, No, man, I gave you the good news. Go and preach it. Go and go and testify to, to what I've done. You you have a testimony. Go and tell them what I've done in your past, what I'm doing in your life right now. Go and tell them the call that I have on your life. That's the good news, that that you don't have to dress up, that you don't have to change. Acts 8, 36 through 38. As they rode along, they, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop. And they went down into the water. And Philip baptized him. All right, this is, this is not difficult. Let's read this. He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went where? Down. So that means under the water, right? Is that, is that what I'm reading? Okay. So baptism, down into the water. We can fight about it later. So we, we see this response to the gospel for, from the eunuch. Jesus was presented to him. And, and he had a decision to make. The, the same decision that you have right now. Some of us, wanna, we want to be dragged to the Savior. And I will say, I'm not above doing that. But the Lord desires you to run to him. The Lord desires you to run to him. Verse 37 <clears throat> says, oh, we took it out. It ain't on there. Ha. Believe with your heart, not just your head. And for most of us, the, the greatest distance that in our spiritual life is the 12 inches between here and here. Because we, we do a lot of stuff here, but not here. The eunuch, he wanted all that God had for him that day. And for most of us, we, we just wanted the blessing without the journey. We, we wanted what was in God's hand, but not what was in God's heart. We, we wanted financial blessing without financial stewardship. We, we wanted... Got to, got to move in our cities, in our schools, in our homes. But we didn't want to do the work and the running to get there. We wanted to be kingdom citizens. We just didn't want to be kingdom builders. We wanted the get out of hell free card, but, but I, don't, I don't want to build his kingdom. I just want to be a part of it. But I think the message is clear. We're all called to, as believers, to go and make disciples, to to go and build his kingdom, to go and preach his name and his good works that he's done in your life. 
We all have that, that call over us as believers. And like I said, my, my struggle that God has really just put on me is, you know, I'm just, I, I don't have this, this appetite, this spiritual appetite, because I haven't exercised my faith Monday through Friday. I put it on display on Sunday morning and make it look good because I act like it's Halloween every Sunday and I make it look good. I put on this mask. But Monday through Friday, there's a whole lot of Joe and not a whole lot of Jesus. Church, God's sending Phillips after you. He's sending Phillips after you in your insecurities, in that spot when you're broke down on the side of the road, when, when you don't think anybody sees you. In those difficult seasons of life, he, he's, he's sending a Philip to you. He, he's sending you the rest of the pieces. Will you respond like the eunuch? He wanted everything that God had for him. Everything. Not just some of it. Not just what he provided on Sunday morning, but what he provides every other day of the week. He wanted everything. He didn't want to walk in the call just in this building. Because, let me tell you this. There's a reason I call you church and not this. This is a building. You're the church. You're the ones called to go and preach the gospel. This building is meant to re-gospel you so that you can go Monday through Saturday and preach and teach. Because some of you are Phillips. Some of you are being called to that one person. You're being called to that eunuch who, who separated from Christ. So will you run? Will you run this morning to the wonderful Savior that, that offers a gift to you right where you are? Will you do it? I said the, the greatest distance that we face in our spiritual life is from here to here. And some of you act like the, the greatest distance is from your chair to here at his feet. Don't, don't let your pride stand between you and him. Don't let your pride keep you from a good work that God's doing in your life. Don't let your, you being comfortable in that seat keep you from reaching the eunuch that God's put in front of you. Church, it... It's time for us to run. It's time for us to run after the one that he's put in your life. So here in a minute, we're, we're going to have our prayer team up here. If you find yourself in the shoes of Philip or if you find yourself in the shoes of the eunuch, we want to know. We want to know what God's doing in your life. We want to pray over you. We want to pray over your family. But don't let this little distance between here and that back row stop you.
don't let it stop you. Don't let your head stop you from what your heart's calling you to do. Don't, don't let it stop you from, from putting everything that sucks in your life at his feet. Don't let it stop you. Church, let's stand up and let's worship. Thank you.